Welcome to Present Company, the Netflix podcast that brings you dynamic conversations with exceptional people behind your favorite series, films, documentaries, and specials. I'm your host, Krista Smith. For years, I was Vanity Fair's ambassador to Hollywood, interviewing countless actors as well as creatives and authorities across the spectrum. My passion is talent, any form of it. How do you know you have it? How do you cultivate it? How do you protect it? And also, I want to get to the heart of what drives it. On this podcast, I'll be talking to people in Hollywood and far beyond. Thank you for joining me. In the course of his career, Omar C. has starred in not one, but two massive entertainment phenomenons. First, in his home country of France, he had the film The Untouchables, which remains the country's biggest ever global hit. Omar won the César for his performance, the equivalent of an Oscar. And he was the first black actor to win that award in France. And now he has Lupin, an acclaimed hit which has captivated audiences worldwide. He's truly had an extraordinary career, and we're going to talk about all of it. So settle in. Here's the magnificent Omar C. Welcome, Omar C., to Present Company Podcast. I am so excited. I've been waiting to speak with you for, I feel like, almost a year now. So welcome. Thank you so much. Very happy to be here. Where do I find you in the world right now? Uh, In L.A., home. Nice. You're home. Now, how long have you uh, been home for? Um, Now it's going to be a month, you know, here until August, and then going back to France um, for shooting. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about, first of all, I love that you live in LA. When I first found that out, I was like, what? (laughs) Uh, And not only do you live in LA, you've lived in LA for almost a decade, but um, all right, Mm -hmm. let's just start. Let's just start with why um, Americans feel like they just discovered you, uh, even though you clearly have been working for a long time and obviously have lived in America for, for a decade. But the scale of the success of Lupin is extraordinary. This is what the kind of Netflix effect does, you know, made in France, seen by the world. And I think we're at um, maybe 76 million households have watched this, but I know that that number keeps going up as the days keep, <laughs> as the days continue, it just gets more and more and more. What has it been like for you? Because this kind of, you had fame before, and we'll get into that with, with your earlier work, but this is kind of a different level of fame. It's like this Netflix effect. Uh, how has that been for you? Uh, can you describe that a little bit? It's it's you know what? It's difficult to um, to really um, like uh, feel it. You know, in um, like in daily, you know, um, basis. Like your on your on your day, you, you don't you cannot feel that. Except that sometimes that you have like some. Parents that you know because you live you live in LA and 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 uh, what do you do if you're living you I'm an actor what well, we all are you know so it's okay he's an actor he's a French actor he's living here so they, they don't really know what I do and now with Lupin they see and they can like okay see that I'm I'm an actor and I'm doing that for a living and uh, so this that this small difference that we, you can have but because of the COVID and everything it's. It's for me, it's just difficult to feel it. You know, I just have like more, you know, interviews, but that's it. But my life is still the same. And, um, and, and, and yeah, it's, it's, 
And yeah, it's difficult to feel it. Maybe because of the COVID, because we we're not traveling that much, and and maybe because it's difficult now to interact with other people. So 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 I don't have really the the effect of it, you know, compared to what happened when um, Untouchable was released. Because I was just you know doing TV, and then I did that movie and was like huge and I could feel, you know, um, um, in, during my days that it's, it's, it was changing, right? But with Lupin, I don't really feel it, you know? It's just, you know, I can see that a little bit more um, pr pr um, pr prize of, uh, on, uh, on my um, children's, children's, you know, eyes, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> maybe. But, but, but that's it. And it's, <laughs> it's already really good. <laughs> I love that your parents, it's the one thing, it's the one thing that your parents actually can finally now, two, de two decades later, be like, oh, our son, he's an actor, he's a success. He's, it's on Netflix, it's everywhere, everyone's seen it, the whole world has seen it. Um, I have to say in America, it really, it's been amazing to watch your popularity in America happen on all the chat shows with Jimmy Kimmel and, um, and, uh, you know, Jimmy Fallon, all the Jimmies, right? <laughs> yeah. We've really embraced it like like you're our own and our sense of, uh, and our discovery. But it's funny to me to hear that back home and with your parents, they're like, okay, okay, now maybe. Now maybe he's successful. Mm. Um, did you anticipate yeah. this at all? Did you have a feeling when you were making it that it was going to be there was going to be such a positive response? No, you never really, you know, expect something like that. You you do everything for that. There's the, everything you do, it's in that direction, right? But you know, you never really, like, really precisely expect something like that. Um, but we knew that we were doing something special because it was uh, the first time that Netflix could put, like, that amount of money in like a French content. So we knew that we were like the first one to do something like that. So it was already, you know, historic for us. You know, it was some already something for us. So we were really, really focused to just um, um, to do the best that we could because we knew that, you know, it's going to be watched and, and because it's on Netflix and people are going to watch it as a French content. And in and it was for us like you know carrying the French flag and uh, we wanted to like you know honor that so so we were focused and we did the best we could but we never expected something like that because it's unbelievable it's you know even now it's real it's difficult to believe you know <laughs> it is unbelievable and everyone watched it with the subtitles. So not only are we watching it, we're reading it and we're, and we're binging <laughs> yeah. it and we're waiting. Everyone was waiting for the second drop of episodes, the second season, whatever you want to call it. But, and again, in with French subtitles, it is, it can't be underestimated what a massive success um, this show is. And in large part, it all hangs on your talent and charisma and charm because as awful as uh, he is, we root for him. <laughs> we want him to win, <laughs> even though in yeah. theory he's breaking the law. He may have it be mm -hmm. a little moral, morally ambiguous to some degree. We always root for him. So can you talk to me a little bit about developing that character? Because obviously I should say the Lupin series for our listeners that don't know 
hugely famous property in, in France, much like uh, Agatha Christie, Sherlock Holmes. This is something that has had many, many, many versions of um, this character. Uh, but you guys took a spin on it and created a character that was just a fan of Lupin and kind of kind of lived his life by the rules of Lupin, but you're not actually playing the character. Exactly, exactly. And that was the 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 reason we 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 really wanted to do that because because like you said you know Lupin France is really part of a culture like you said uh, with it with it so many Lupins you know on on screen um, for TV for for theaters you know even on stage you know you lot of love of Lupin everywhere so so for us the question was okay why doing one more you know what how can our Lupin can make the difference. So, so, so that's why we decided to have a character who's inspired by Lupin, the fiction, you know, by Lupin, the book. So in our show, the book has um, a real, the book is a real character, you know, and, and you ne- we never saw that before. So, so it was really interesting to see to develop a character like that who's been inspired by Lupin because you can you can you you can like use everything that Lupin can give you the charisma the charm you know um the brain the the the, the way he's so smart and charming everything and at the same time you can you know develop another side of it because we can actually make Lupin today because Lupin it was the beginning of the previous century right so so we could develop a a, um, a character from today you know and and having also Lupin in the same one so that was really interesting for us because we also wanted to add some you know social aspect to it so it was the best way to do that you know having like a character from today right it's a very modern character and also the one one thing you missed is action. It's a it's a lot of action, and I know people have described mm-hmm. it right. as kind of like the French James Bond uh, ish. But it, there is action. There is there's the charm. There's the intellect. There's you know you're always trying to the audience is always trying to you know be one step ahead or or figure out what he's got going on, and we're always off by about four or five steps, which is the thrill of of (laughs) the success of the show. But I do want to talk about those social aspects because, and especially as it relates to uh, France, which obviously every country in the world deals with these these similar um, social constructs. But what I think is so interesting in Lupin is you deal with race and you deal with... um, society and class like these two things are are at play right you have this upper class which is just the the kind of at the forefront of the series about the wealthy and how the wealthy get away with everything and it doesn't matter the rules don't apply there's there's corruption there's it's like they live in their alternate universe to the rest of everybody Mm -hmm. else and then with uh pronounce your character's name for me please i want to get it right asan asan right so Hassan yeah. is also coming from he's the of the invisible class, right? He is of the targeted class um, and also race being a black man. So can you just talk about how you wove all of that in to the show? So we, we, we wanted to have something and say something, but at the same time, we wanted to 
just play with it because because the the fun with this character is Lupin is really playful. It's really like a player. He's playing all the time. She's just like um like um a child. So so we wanted to have that and use all that. For example, like like you said that um, you know the invisible class. You know that we know that. There is in our society some people because of what they do, what it is their work, what they're wearing, you know, people don't look at them, you know. So we wanted like assigned to play with it and use that that against people that don't never look, you know. So so it was really um I I think it was cool for us to you just uh say something like that because you know it's not usual to um have the chance to say that, but at the same time, not be like, you know, like a statement or like be like judgmental. We're just playing with it. And it, I think it's the base, the best way to to make people understand what's going on, you know, and, and having a son playing with it against the others was like, I think, the best way to talk about it. Mm hmm. It was a, it was in a subtle way that was very obvious <laughs> for the plot advancement. Yeah. Too. It's kind of interesting in that way. You you don't want to talk about it by not talking about it, but you're demonstrating it so clearly. Uh, he's the janitor. Exactly. He's a construction worker. He's a messenger. You know, he does all these things that to uh, to a lot of people are just invisible. They're faceless, nameless. They just go by them. They don't even take the time. Exactly, exactly. But also, to again, to speak to the success and why it is so popular, there is that very fun uh, escapism uh, at play here with this series, right? There's these kind of inconceivable heists that happen and these scenarios that play out, one on a rooftop and, you know, one inside the, the deep bowels of the Louvre, you know, it's very exciting. But at the same time, Asan is very human. He's dealing with a lot of human issues, um, you know, coming from a, a working class, poor environment, you know, dealing with the relationship of his mother of his son, you know, dealing with his relationship with the wealthy. Like, I really love the way all of that plays out. Um, for you as an actor and also as a human, how was that for you to get into? It was it was just it's like it's, I, I used to say that Lupin is really like the the best toy you can have as an actor because it's you can you can just uh, go through everything with him, you know the action, the drama, and all the the problem that a human being can you know um deal with you know the being like because it's, he's yeah like you say he's like a superhero but at the same time he's just a normal guy who try to manage you know the 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 professional you know side of his life and at the same time personal life personal side of his life you know try to manage you know how how many time I have to spend here and how many time I have to spend on the other side. Always find, trying to find that balance. And we all do, you know, the same. So it was very interesting to to deal with that. And as an actor, it's, it's, it, you cannot have, you cannot have like, the, this is the best. You can have better. There is there is no way to have a better character than, than him. He just, uh, the, the dream, the dream role. Mm. 
And and the actor, the young man that plays your son is excellent, too. I think he's terrific. The whole cast yeah. is, is, is it's done. Yeah, thank you. He's is very, very good. Well, we uh, I, I certainly await the next um, batch, uh, the next season of this. But I, I want to go back a little bit when you, we were talking about actor and, you know, so little is... I think our audiences don't know that much about you. And I think it's really interesting. I want to take you back a little bit. Uh, you really, you started in comedy. Uh, you really yeah. had no business being an actor. There, no one in your family was an actor. No friends were actors. It wasn't something like, oh, I discovered Shakespeare in school. There was no ambition of going to one of the fancy prestigious drama schools like RADA and Lambda and all that stuff that exists, uh, you know, or whatever the, the French version is um, for you. So how did this can you talk a little bit about like how this came to you? It's just you know it came it 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 came along the way you know I was I was um, I was still in high school when I had a friend you know who, who's a, a very famous comedian in in, in France now. Um, so when he started, he has like that show in the radio, um, and he was it was really the beginning from him. Uh, uh, for him and 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 he wanted to like he, he was he was struggling to have guests so 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 we we were I came and helped and I was pretending to be a famous soccer player you know and uh, and uh, we did the interview you know for the radio show so we had fun it was really cool and funny and at the end of the show we you know we talked to all the producers and uh the, the guys on the radio station to say that oh no I'm I'm not I'm not that guy I'm just a friend I'm we were helping because we he needed to have that you know his show you know just to keep going because there is there was nobody for the guests okay cool so okay so that's that's what you're gonna do now so if it uh, as soon as if we miss some guests you're gonna come and pretend to be someone and we're gonna do that you know um, so I started like that helping being like pretending to be someone else and and on the radio I was I you I do I called so just I was around you know just playing like that and it was something I was doing for fun you know and for my friend I was still in high school so I was really happy to do that and and when when he went on TV I I he, he bring me with him and I started to do like small you know sketches with him and and just just starting like that you know and I started like the radio from TV TV from stage, stage, and I, I'm, I was doing like that, that comedic, you know, stuff. And, and one day I started to like acting on on movies, small parts, just little by little, and um, yeah, and uh, and I become an actor like that. But I was just, what? I discovered it while I was doing it, actually. So it was just one thing after another. Well, let me ask you: When was the first time you actually received a paycheck? Did you receive a paycheck doing the radio show? Yeah, yeah, because they, yeah, they paid me. The first time I came, it was for my friend, and I did it just for fun. And when they asked me to come back, they offered me, to, they offered to pay me to for that. That's the only way I could continue because my parents were, they don't want me to go because they wanted me to focus on my on my studies. So they said, okay. So I was paid, so I could go. So I was paid to do that to do the <laughs> fake guests and the fake calls. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit. I, I want to talk a little bit about there's a couple of things. One, your childhood. You, you're you one of eight siblings, right? Uh, 
Yeah. And you, you grew up in a suburb of Paris, a very working class suburb, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And I want to know what was in the water in that suburb, because although it was, you know, tough at times and you talked about it, it was kind of like a rough neighborhood and you experienced things that you didn't really realize that they might have been more intense uh, when you look back on them as an adult. But then it was just your normal day life. But out of that group comes this famous comedian that you're talking about that are that had a radio show comes one of the biggest soccer players right that played for arsenal comes omar c what happened in that in those buildings you know west of paris i want to know why is there some reason i i don't i i don't know i don't know is this you know maybe because it was the geographic situation of that city is very particular because we we close to Paris at 30 kilometers, but at the same time, we're not that far, but we're not that close, you know? So we are right in the middle of something. It's not, it's not really the countryside, but it's not really the city. It's just a mix, a lot of things. And it, it, it's, it's a lot, you know? And I think to get out of um, space like that, you need to be really, really... Um, creative, you know, there is not another way that's to, to go, you know, to go really hard on everything you do, because that's the only way to get out of something like that. We had to create a lot of things, you know, and it, it was every day, you know, every day creating something every day that dreaming, you know, uh, being together, we, we had to do uh, something special because the the situation was special. Mm-hmm. And I, and clearly, obviously, with eight being one of eight kids, humor obviously you used to your advantage. I imagine used it to get attention, used it to diffuse the tension, used it to get along with everybody because you are you were predominantly. I mean, and also Lupin has a tremendous amount of comedy in it. I mean, it works because your comedic timing is so spot on. Uh, can you tell me a little Thank bit you. about how you developed that? Yeah, of course. But when you are uh, we so there is eight siblings and I'm, I'm the fourth. So right in the middle. So, so, so you, it's, it's like, it's like my situation, you know, between Paris and the countryside, right in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm not the oldest. I'm not the youngest. I'm just in the middle. So the, you have to define yourself because there is, there is no room, uh, for us. There is, there is, so it was the same in my family. There is, there was no room for me. I was, I wasn't the, the, the oldest. I wasn't the youngest. So I had to, to find something to be creative. So, so yeah, humor was the the best way, you know. Um, and and it's it's it was also a good way to connect with people outside because you know in our neighborhood there was like a lot of people and and you have like to um, just be able to 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 um to find your own space. So humor was something that we we use a lot, you know, to communicate and to uh, deliver our messages. So so. So, so yeah, it's something, it came really because naturally, because it was a part of our, our environment and it was, I don't know why, but something really easy for me. Mm. Well, all right. So now I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. You, you're on your radio show. You're doing, you're getting little bit parts uh, like mo- most actors who start out, right? A little part here, an episode here. And then you 
with the people you've met along the way, right? You land in a film called The Intouchables, right? So this comes out in when? 2011. So 2011, you are in this movie and it is... How many people now? It's like the number one. It's grossed more money than any other film in France. It's still you're the most recognizable, most beloved individual in France. Can you just talk to me about that film? And do people still stop you when you are in France or and do people stop you in Los Angeles about that movie? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was really the beginning of something really incredible because, you know, like you said, I was... You know, I had my fame in France. I was working. I was really happy, you know. Um, and with when the movie came out, it was something else. It was something else, you know, because over outside of the country, you know, I was recognized. It was the the I saw the movie, you know, multiple languages, you know. That's something you never expect. And and it was my first lead role because just to to uh, to uh, to to tell the story about Eric and Olivier. The two directors of Untouchable, I met them, you know, in 2001, and it was for their uh, their second um, short short film, and they wanted me to act on it. And at the time, I wasn't an actor; I was just a comedian, you know, on TV. And they said, "Okay, come, because we're not also directors. We're, we're, we're trying. Let's try together." So, so we started our journey like that, you know. Ten, during 10 years, you know, they were doing movies and each time they'll give me a, a bigger part, you know, each time after the other, the, the part were bigger and bigger and bigger. And one day they came and say, OK, now we know that you think you're not an actor, but now we can tell that you are and we're going to write a movie for you that you will understand that you're an actor. The, the movie they wrote for that was Untouchable. It's crazy. So we did it and that happened, you know, and I, I got the Cesar for it. So they really did it, you know, because yeah. after that, it was undeniable that, OK, I'm an actor, so I can I can do that now. So so it was crazy. And and, and it's it were way more than expected um, again. Um, uh, unbelievable. We traveled a lot with the movie. You know, we were so it was. It was an amazing year, you know, traveling, did that movie, see the movie with, uh, with another language, other languages, like see like other crowds from other country laughing at the same joke. It was unbelievable to feel that, you know, um, it's something really, really special, you know, to see how there's something that, you know, that's something that you read, that you learn, you know, at school, that that's something that you feel that we we all are, you know, connected as a human being. But to really experience it um, through a movie, you know, it was something very, very special, you know, traveling with the movie and see people react at the same thing, you know, laughing or being being like touched by, you know, the same scene was to see it and feel it, you know, really like right here was really something special for me. And I think that changed me for for the rest of my life. Mm hmm. And that's been an incredible, especially your first lead role. Um, and exactly. Then, and then you're the most famous person in France with the most famous movie in France almost ever. Right. Like you said, that's traveled the world and grows millions and millions of dollars. And then you decide to move to Los Angeles where nobody knows you. 
Yeah. When you come to Hollywood, and I should add, and you don't really speak English, right? You have a little bit, but you're not, it's not enough for you to to immediately do an English language film. So I love the balls of that, just the kind of chutzpah, (laughs) the the bravery of like, yeah, you know what? Now I'm going to make my life and my family's life even more complicated and move to LA. So that already, that, that just, you already a, a winner in my heart for that move alone. But, but <laughs> thank you. Talk to me a little bit about that motivation to come from a place because L.A. and as it's a very hard place to make it, even when you're famous, even when you're successful. It is hard. This this city will chew you up and spit you out. Let alone um, when you come in and you're you're you know realistically an unknown. I mean, you did say you won the César. I should tell our listeners that is basically the French's equivalent of, uh, France's equivalent of an Oscar. So it's a big award. So you did come with credentials and a resume and all of that. But but tell me about what that was like for you when you first got here and, and why you wanted to move here. I wanted to move first. I wanted to move just for a year because everything was, you know, we traveled with the movie and I was like kind of overwhelmed, you know, with something huge happening. And I see, I saw the change that the, I was considering myself as a comedian and I, I understood that now I could be an actor and I had to make that choice. So I'll, I'll have to pursue uh, my comedian career or maybe try to be an actor. So I needed, I needed time, you know, to think about all of it. And I saw also that my my kids' life was changing because I was taking a lot of space from them. You know, at school they I was I was their dad before Untouchable, and after Untouchable they became my child, my children. See what I mean? So it it changed a little bit of the dynamic. You know, changed. So I I just wanted time to see. Okay, how I'm gonna leave like that now, you know, I needed, I needed that time. So we decided to leave and go um, in Los Angeles for a year and just take time to breathe and, and see, right? And here that the kids was, you know, adjusting very, very well. Uh, we were happy and uh, the, I felt less pressure on me. So it was, it was cool. So we decided to stay and I started to work here and because also, yeah, the dynamic was, it was my vibe because like it was I had again to define my space, right? I had to create something because here nobody knows me. Here I cannot even communicate with people. So I have to find a way. So it was more my my environment, you know, like just to try to find a way, you know, because in France the, the dynamic changed. Everything was yes. I don't know how to live like that with with a yes world, you know. I I I was built myself with so many no's. So so a yes was like, oh, how can I how how I'm I'm gonna deal with that, you know? So he and Ella was like more like my environment. Okay, it's no. Okay, I know how to do with that, you know. So so that's why you know um and tr- try to build something else and and also because because everything happened with the the movie I could go back and work in France you know it was something I could do but I ha- to have that you know um place that I have to define was you know easy for me because I I, I grew up like that I I built myself like that so it was something, you know, it was easy for me, actually. It was like more comfortable. 
Mm. It's interesting. So the struggle is is where you thrive. You like you like that space where you you have to figure it out. That's amazing. Um, okay, so I will say I know that you learn. You've talked about this before, but I need to break this down a little bit more. You learned English by watching the Kardashians. Right by watching. Yeah. That okay, so and you know they just went off the air. It was like eleven, whatever. How many thousands of episodes? A decade on the air. Did you? Do you have a particularly favorite Kardashian? Was there one that that language you picked up more that you you kind of observed more and followed more? No, no, because it's the show about the family, right? It's all of them. Yeah. Just that the the. the, the their struggle, you know, their <laughs> problems, you know, it's just, you know, it was accessible, you know, with my level, you know, of English was something that I could pick up and understand and follow. So it was okay, because I remember coming, um, having like, um, turning on the TV and try to watch the news and okay, watching CNN, they were talking so fast. I was like, okay, so I'm going to be fluent the day I'll understand that guy, you know. And I tried to, you know, change channels. And I, 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 I was, I was, I, I found the Kardashian. I said, oh, that I understand. So I started to follow that, you know, I tried to, to follow it, pick some words, you know, and um, sentences. So yeah, there is a, yeah, I think, I think if I have to choose one of them, the mother is amazing. Mm. I'd say the Chris Jenner is amazing. <laughs> Can you do a good Chris Jenner? Like, what's the word that they would always use? Like, what's the thing? I don't even know. Their, their, fir- their first was the oh my god. The oh my god was something I learned very very quick. The, and and oh my god, that's, it was like different type of of my oh my god. You know, there was like different rhythm for it. It depend of what's going on. You know, just oh my god or just. Oh my God, you know, there's like different, you know, the same one, you know, with different, you know, musicality was very interesting. You know, that's how you learn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, I have a couple more questions here for you. And and one of the one of the things I'm discussing this season on the podcast is fear. So we've been under an umbrella of fear uh, most of us all our lives. We're always dealing with fear of of something or another. But in 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 particular, the entire world has dealt with, you know, lockdown, coronavirus and fear. We're kind of coming out of it in various stages. But how does how, what's your relationship with fear right now, Omar? Where are you in, in terms of your life and also in terms of your career? Is there something that still scares you? Do you have to still work through it? Of course. Of course. I think you cannot be an artist and don't have that relationship with fear, you know, because it's like, um because sometimes can be like your best friend and sometimes you're the worst enemy. So, so I know that when, when I can, because it's not always the case, but when I can, you know, deal with that fear and make it like kind of a, um, um, a motor, like something that, that can, you can like, gives you like the strength to go forward, you know, uh, it's, it's very interesting. And I, and I love when I can do that. You know, how, taking that fear, make it like a, um, a really strength, you know, um, to, to move forward and go above. Um, I don't know how to say that in English, but in French we say, don't faire un moteur. It means that the engine, you know. So, so when you can transform um, that fear to something like drives you, that's the best because that's the best engine that you can have, the most powerful that you can have. 
And, and, and that's my relationship with fear. But sometimes it doesn't work. And sometimes that fear can like just freeze you for a long time. Uh, but, but it's like, you know, it's like, you know, when you see those guys that they can, they can go in a cage with a lion, you know? Um, so it's, it's the same, you know, just it's scary. It's dangerous, but when you can make the lion, you know, um, jump on a, on a, come on, on the loop, on the loop. It's, it's the best thing that you can do in your life. I just keep going in that cage and try to play with, you know, that's, that's, that's my relationship with fear because that's the only way because you cannot, um, I think that there's no way to escape, you know, because it's on you. You cannot escape your fears. So in a way you have to face them. And that only way I found is just playing with it, you know, And sometimes I win the game, sometimes I'm losing. Mm, mm. And you have five children, right? So how how do you how do you teach them that? How do you you know one? Do they want? Do you have an artist in in there? I would imagine one of five. You'll probably get at least one percentages, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Someone that wants to be an actor or a comedian. Um, but in terms of encouraging them to like push through their own fears. It's just trying, actually trying and, and, you know, and, and just understand that because it's so easy to say, you know, everybody says that, okay, failure is something that you're going to learn. You go, you're going to learn through your failure, but it's, it's really difficult to understand, um, that, um, before to really experience it, it's something really difficult to understand. So, Uh, so I just want them to learn that from their own experiences. So that's why I'm pushing them to try stuff because the more you're going to try, the more you're going to see that, you know, failures is, that's our lessons for the next one. So just, I'm just pushing them to try, you know, trying is the best and, and to also have this perspective of, The game, always see stuff. Uh, I, I see everything as a game, you know, and, and I think it helped me to try like ridiculous stuff, very dangerous stuff. It's maybe like something and, and conscious, very like heavy. But because I saw it as a game, it wasn't that heavy for me. And I saw it afterwards, but, but I was playing. Mm. So I see stuff through game, so through the play mode can help, you know, especially, especially with fears. So earlier in the conversation, you talked about when you started making Lupin, you really felt like you were carrying the French flag, right? This was obviously in America, we don't consume an enormous amount of, of French content. Um, I feel like we export, obviously, a lot of American content. Uh, but this is a giant moment for obviously you and for France, Right. To have everybody watching this very intrinsically French sure, character yeah. shot in Paris and in France. So how is that pressure for you now that you're more mature, obviously, when you go back to France to be Omar Sy, to be that larger than life character? How is that for you? I'm, I'm, you know what? The, I'm the same guy that came at the radio that day. You know, I came because it was fun. And I always try to find the fun of everything I do. 
and that's 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 my motivation and and because because everything came from that so um i'm always trying to remember why i'm here i'm here because i wanted to have fun you know so i try to keep that and also um people see me as that guy almost you describe it's not me the day i will believe that I'm that guy I'm done <laughs> because I'm not you know because I know I'm not so so it's just it's fine that they see me like that it's fine that they, they think I'm that guy that's perfect but I really I do I, I I really know that I am not you know so so that's why it's really um, important to have your family your friends um, um, and your parents because they see you, you know, in the right way. And in their eyes, you see who you really are and you're not that Omar Sy. So for me, I don't have any pressure because that pressure is not on me. It's, not, it's on that guy. I don't know this guy, you know. <laughs> I look like him, but I'm not him, you know. So the pressure is not on me. It's death. They, they, they have that image of this guy, but I'm not this guy because... What he's carrying, I cannot carry that. It's too heavy. I'm just a human being, and, and, and I'm not that guy. Before I let you go, I want to ask you, I mean, I have to ask you, is there anything you can tell us about um, what's going to happen when Lupin returns? Oh, uh, you'll, you'll have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to wait. He's uh, coming back. That's the only thing I can say is, is he's coming back. He's coming back. Oh, my God. He says, I wish um, all my listeners right now could see that famous um, smile of Omar's and that you can hear his laugh. But to see it is is a whole thing entirely. You are definitely teasing us with this. All right. Omar, this is a question that I ask everybody I speak with. And that is, what do you say to the younger generation that is starting out that wants to be? What advice do you have for them that is that, that you know, they're struggling for a career in the arts, whether it's music or writing or performance or comedy, you know, what what kind of advice do you have? And where should they focus their energy and their mindset? It's it's really difficult, you know, um, but the, 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 the thing I learned through the, all these years that it's really good to, add, uh, to have advices. It's really good to listen. It's really good to to uh, to 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 watch, you know, uh, pay attention and what's going on. But at the end, I think the thing that you have you have to be more aware of, uh, more like uh, like to try to develop kind of a real uh, sensitivity. It's your own desires, you know, because every question that you ask, I think you can have the answer, and I think you have the answer. So everything something can, someone can say to you. Maybe can like um, help you to find it, but the answer is always coming from you. Because especially when you're you're doing something, you know, when you when you do when you're doing art, because art it's very close to heart. It's something in you. It's something that you want to say. That's something you want to do. So it's in you and it's on you. So it's good to listen. It's good to be focused. It's good to learn. Um, but at the end, I think you have the answer. Hmm. Okay, so 
would you have your career that you have now or would you rather be a famous footballer for Arsenal? Sometimes I wish I, would, I, would, uh, I, I was a better soccer player. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy with my life. <laughs> <laughs> only sometimes, only on every other. Yeah, odd... sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only on the odd days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, especially when I'm watching a good game. You know, mm. when I'm watching a good game, a soccer good. Um, I'm just. Uh, I wish I could like live that moment. You know, having that game. You know, scoring. You know. You know, when I should see the World Cup or something like that, you know, those those days, I, I wish I could live, you know, something like that. But I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, are you working on something right now, aren't you? Yes. I started my prep for the next movie I'm going to shoot in France. So it's about the the World War uh, World War One, about those troops, you know, from Senegal came and fought for France. So we we so we're going to shoot that in the end of August through October. So I'm working on that. Excellent. Well, congratulations um on all the success you've had and and it's thank so you. great to get to talk with you um and I can't thank yeah, you enough Omar C for joining us today uh, and taking some time. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining me. Lupin is streaming now on Netflix. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you've been listening. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Krista Smith. Join me next time for more meaningful conversations here at Present Company.